Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Let the Biden bilking begin. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. In a 19-page report, U.S. Treasury officials led by ancient Janet Yellen called for more than half a dozen new tax measures which affect U.S. companies, including an increase in the corporate tax rate and subjecting the overseas earnings of businesses also to tax rates at much higher levels. These tax proposals are likely to prove the most controversial element of Biden's so-called infrastructure and jobs legislation that's already drawing criticism from congressional Republicans and even some Democrats. The Department of Treasury today outlined an aggressive set of tax increases on businesses in order to raise about $2.5 trillion over the next 15 years. Those measures aimed at paying for Gropey Joe's so-called jobs and infrastructure package. And doing what his cue cards told him to do, Gropey Joe has defended the proposed tax hikes as necessary to pay for his $2.5 trillion worth of proposals which will devote hundreds of billions of dollars supposedly to repairing America's infrastructure and, of course, some Green New Deal-style clean energy technology. Unlike the previous $1.9 trillion so-called stimulus plan that passed back in March, the cost of which was mostly entirely added to the national debt, the White House says it will seek to pay for this new plan on tax increases. They claim mainly on businesses and corporations, but you and I both know, because we're intelligent enough to know, that we in some way, shape, fashion, manner, or form will have those tax increases passed on to us in the form of higher prices, hyperinflation, and sometimes outright direct taxation. 55 corporations in the entirety of the United States of America supposedly saw zero federal tax liability in 2020, according to a report compiled by the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy, a leftist think tank. The amount of corporate tax revenue raised by the government has fallen above 2% of U.S. gross domestic product before the GOP tax law cut it in half, according to the Treasury Department. The centerpiece of this plan is to increase the corporate tax rate from 21 to a highly punitive 28%. Remember, Donald Trump cut it from an exorbitantly high 35% down to 21%. The White House eyes tax increases on companies and on the so-called wealthy to fund infrastructure, and that will set up a clash with the Republican group who opposes it. Republican Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi said earlier this month, What the president proposed is not an infrastructure bill. It's a huge tax increase, for one thing, and it's a tax increase on small businesses and on the job creators in the United States of America. Conservatives call the measure misleading. Don Schneider, who served as chief economist to Republicans on the House Ways and Means Committee, said that revenue declines are overstated due to temporary provisions in the GOP tax law. He also said that the analysis misses the rise in pass-through entities, which makes the fall in corporate revenue appear larger than it actually is. 
No matter how you look at it, it is a massive tax increase. And even if it were only passed on corporations and only passed on the direct income of our so-called millionaires and billionaires, trust me, folks, you and I will be paying the price, as I said before, in the forms of higher prices, inflation, higher interest rates, and other intangible issues that we know always come to the fore when the tax and spend Democrats go nuts and just start playing with money they do not yet have. We'll be right back. Attention homeowners and renters. Do you have a non-working, lazy, do-nothing family member, friend, or other acquaintance simply sitting around your home, not contributing, not helping out? Perhaps a drug user or a criminal? Someone who is using you and offering little to nothing in return? How would you like to turn that do-nothing squatter into an opportunity for you to become quite wealthy? Call 1-800-THUG-AWAY now for a free no-obligation information kit on ways to turn your thug squatter into a profit-making center. That lazy, good-for-nothing drug addict, thief, or squatter might be your ticket out of poverty. Studies have shown that by using our proven method, family members of drug addicts, counterfeiters, rioters, arsonists, murderers, rapists, and other criminals, as well as plain old lazy people squatting in your home, can participate in our program, earning millions of dollars for you, the family members. Recently, one of our course-completing families was able to turn the death of a common thief and drug abuser into a $27 million payday. If your thug suffers from frequent drug overdoses, heart failure, lung disease from years of smoking, you might be sitting on a gold mine. If they have a history of resisting arrest, violence, evading, fleeing the police, or fighting, the potential payoff can be massive. Don't worry if you live outside of a major Democrat-run city. We offer free transportation to one of many areas of opportunity, such as sunny Seattle, pretty Portland, shiny St. Louis, mighty Minneapolis, wonderful Washington, D.C., and many more Democrat-run cities where taxpaying citizens are just dying to offer you a massive monetary settlement for the death of your thug freeloader. Call 1-800-THUG-AWAY now for this exciting money-making opportunity and a chance to bust your very own thug out of your spare bedroom and into the spotlight. White people need not apply. There is currently no value for Caucasian corpses in our program. Thug-AWAY Legal will handle all the paperwork, set up your thug for a free confrontation with law enforcement, provide anonymous video recording of all police interactions, file the lawsuits, and settle your thug-AWAY intervention for a small percentage of your settlement, usually 40%. Get paid today with Thug Away, and we'll get rid of your thug today. I am a non-attorney spokesperson. My question to the so-called news media is this. Why would you not be asking hard questions of the Groper-in-Chief? Are you just that devoid of journalistic ethics? Do you not have trouble at night knowing that your softball questions make you look weak yourselves? Or could it be that you are that fearful of losing your $40,000 a year job as a reporter because your newspaper or network is threatening to fire you if you dare ask anything other than the scripted questions that you are forced to ask? Look at the lies of 60 Minutes and their obviously biased hit piece against Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And even after their entire story was debunked, proven to be based on lies, made up stories, creative editing, fake news, and false narratives, CBS and 60 Minutes had the audacity to refuse to admit their lie, their fakery, their obvious bias. They actually issued a statement saying they know that some of their stories are controversial, but they retract nothing. 
Hmm, wonder where they got that idea. Look at the entire lie perpetrated by the news media about the Georgia election law changes, where they claim that those election laws now force Georgia back into the days of the Jim Crow era and take away and disenfranchise the voting rights of the AA 13% hyphenated minority. It was all a lie. And what about Major League Baseball, who has made the decision to move the All-Star game from Georgia to Colorado, where Colorado's voting laws are more restrictive than Georgia's? What? That's right. Colorado requires ID to vote, and they have fewer early voting days. They have shorter voting hours and more restrictions than Georgia does. But you see, that doesn't fit the narrative of the media. So they refuse to admit their mistake of lying and claiming that Georgia's new laws are more restrictive and more racist. Look at the way the Hunter Biden decision by networks regarding his laptop, his federal investigations, and all the other scandals, his drug addictions, his sex addictions, his incestuous relationship between this living cocaine addict son, Hunter, and the widow of the dead son, Bo, and how nasty Hunter was dipping his wick and banging Bo's widow at the same time he was knocking up a hooker. Oh yes, boys and girls, the Bidens are such an honorable family. Yet the media looks the other way on these blatant scandals. Oh, they couldn't wait to catch Don Jr. or Eric or Ivanka or even Barron doing something untoward. They had camera crews stalking the Trump kids 24-7, just hoping and praying to see something that they could report on. Hunter can do whatever the hell he wants, legal or otherwise, and there are no cameras ever to be found. Sort of like there are no cameras allowed in the border facilities, the children in cage camps, ride-alongs, not anymore. What happened to the most transparent administration, Mr. Gropey Joe? And with partners in a willing and complicit media sheltering and shielding this administration from any and all reporting on their immoral, unethical, illegal, and downright corrupt dealings, the Biden administration will continue to screw you, the American people, for the remainder of this four-year term, no matter whether it's Gropey Joe or Camel Toe sitting in the Oval Office. And that's the truth. The cruise industry is now at odds with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as it seeks to restart operations by this summer. Tensions between the cruise industry and United States authorities are rising as operators push to restart sailing from the U.S. by as early as July. Those cruise industries really need to get their things moving. They're losing billions of dollars by sitting in ports. If you've ever owned a boat, even a small one, you know it costs just as much for that boat to sit in port as it does to actually be out on the water, what with maintenance costs and upkeep and berthing, uh, terminal fees, and all the other added uh, costs to a cruise operation. Sorry about that. The industry argues that the CDC's latest guidance that travel poses low risks for fully vaccinated individuals should apply to cruises as well. It wants the CDC to scrap a multi-pronged sailing framework that has been in place since the early fall. Carnival Corporation Chief Executive Arnold Donald said Wednesday during a conference call, we'd just like to be treated similar to the rest of travel and entertainment and tourism sector. The CDC, meanwhile, is sticking with its guns, a phased approach to outline its conditional sailing order 
though it recently pointed to the possibility of a summer return. The agency's goal aligns with the desire for resumption of passenger operation in the U.S. expressed by many major cruise ship operators and travelers, hopefully by midsummer, said a CDC spokesperson. The industry remains unsatisfied. Carnival is the world's largest cruise operator, and they say they're very disappointed with all the additional guidance that the CDC is providing. Last week, the CDC issued its latest update to its framework by providing with cruise operators technical instructions on increasing the frequency of reporting COVID-19 cases and illnesses from not weekly, but daily, creating planning materials for cruise line agreements with local authorities and establishing plans for cruise and port personnel's vaccinations. The update did not specify when operators may resume sailing from U.S. ports. Cruise operators haven't sailed from the U.S. for now over a year since coronavirus outbreaks brought sailings to a halt. Carnival Cruise Line, the company's flagship line, said this week it extended U.S.'s pause through June 30th and has not made plans yet to relocate ships from U.S. ports, though it claims it may have no choice but to do so in order to resume operations, which have now been on pause for over a year. Being able to restart in the summer out of the United States, a main passenger cruise market, would mean the start of a reversal of losses for these cruise ship companies. Carnival posted on Wednesday a first quarter loss of nearly $2 billion after having lost over $10.25 billion for all of fiscal 2020. That's a lot of money. I understand the need for governments to impose rules and regulations like making sure all of the crew and all of the passengers are protected against COVID-19. Because if you're out in the middle of the ocean and someone becomes deathly ill, it can become a spreader event. I also understand that the exceptionally low death rate of this particular Wuhan China novel coronavirus does not mean everyone at sea is going to simply die. Cruise companies have, for the most part, required some vaccination protocols for passengers and crew in some capacity as they bid to restart operations. Despite the CDC's determination that travel is supposedly a low-risk activity for people who have been vaccinated, officials still advise against it as COVID-19 cases rise in the U.S. But I thought they were falling. Can't these people make up their mind on their made-up facts? Well, let's take a closer look, shall we? For the first two months of the Gropey Joe and Camel Toe administration, the numbers happen to be swaying in Biden's favor with cases starting to drop. But now the White House is faced with new infections, which are climbing during the third and fourth month of the Biden administration. This is a potential crisis that could erase many of the hard fought for gains of the first 75 plus days of this Biden presidency. And should the numbers keep rising as it is anticipated they will do, it will give Gropey Joe and Camel Toe all the more reason to further shutter the U.S. economy, which I personally feel was their goal since day one. They would win either way. If the numbers had continued spiking, they could still blame Donald Trump. But you see, the numbers started falling as a result of Donald Trump's efforts, and now that the Trump effect has worn off, the Biden effect is in control. And now, cases are rising. Biden is now encountering the limits of his own authority 
after railing for a year about the previous administration's response and vowing his much more muscular strategy. The president can help secure and distribute supplies and medicines, issue guidance and urge caution. But just like the previous president, the President Biden has few tools when governors decide to lift coronavirus protocols and protections they're choosing. And Biden has little to no control over manufacturers who screw up vaccine production under their watch. Or the fact that there is no physical law on the books that will mandate that you or I must wear one, two, three, five, ten masks. Biden told a bunch of faith leaders last week, we need you to spread the word. They're going to listen to your words more than they are me as the President of the United States. Very possibly because no one respects you, gropey Joe. Biden, in fact, has no more sway, no more pull than Donald Trump over the mutating virus that scientists are only now beginning to understand. According to the Washington Post, the seven-day rolling national average of coronavirus cases is now back up to 65,000 per day, which is an uptick of 18% since the middle of last month. <laughs> there were three coronavirus spikes or surges under the Donald Trump administration. The experts now under Gropey Joe say that a fourth wave is unlikely given the accelerating pace of vaccinations and the number of Americans who have acquired, quote, natural herd immunity, unquote, after being infected by the virus. Trends have alarmed some public health experts who are now calling on Gropey Joe to adopt strategies to speed up shots or take a harder line with states who are easing restrictions. Yesterday, the president announced he was moving up the deadline for all adults to be eligible for vaccination by April 19th, although that does not guarantee they'll be able to be inoculated right away. Biden said during the announcement after reading from his cue cards, let me be deadly earnest with you. We aren't at finish line. We still have a lot of work to do. We're still a life and death race against this virus. Public health experts say the president has benefited from good policy as well as good luck. Viral cases, which spiked in mid-January, began to recede just before Inauguration Day. Well, that credit should go to Donald Trump now, shouldn't it? Biden's team also spent months studying Trump's methods while figuring out how to build on his successes, such as exercising contract options negotiated by the Trump administration to produce more vaccine supply and avoided unrealistic promises that might disappoint Americans. They benefited from Operation Warp Speed. They benefited from the variants coming in late and not supercharging what was a pretty destructive surge in the winter, said J. Stephen Morrison, who oversees global health policy at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. They benefited from the six months they had in planning their responses out, beginning in July 2020, and then making it a top priority and executing with a great amount of speed this year. You see, everyone understands that it is Trump's policies that have kept this nation from going off the deep end with the Wuhan China Kung Flu. And so-called public health experts are saying they're becoming frustrated that certain states are dropping their guards before a majority of Americans are vaccinated, arguing that the results would be predictable. More cases now, more hospitalizations, and more deaths later. Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. 
Inside the current White House's coronavirus response, where leaders strategize on how to best address more than a dozen pandemic scenarios as they work to accelerate vaccine distribution, six officials described a non-blaming culture that is unruffled by the uptick in cases. Well, guess what, folks? They will continue to blame Trump every time something goes wrong, and they will try to take credit every time something goes right. Now, Mr. Biden and his team can go on trying to take credit when credit is not owed to them. They can also try to cast blame when blame is all they should be given. But the fact is that a virus came upon the shores of the United States and infected some people, and a few people died, and a vaccine was developed in record time. Doesn't matter which administration developed it or produced it or even stuck it into your arm. The bottom line is we are addressing this virus just like we addressed polio, just like we addressed swine flu, H1N1, SARS, MERS, influenza A, influenza B, and a host of other ailments that have befallen mankind since the dawn of time. We have to start worrying about why it is so very important for this feeble old man in the White House to try to take credit for things he did not accomplish and to cast blame for things for which he is responsible. The door swings both ways, Mr. Biden. You should know that. You've been in government for almost 50 years of your life. That's the truth, Mr. Biden. And sometimes that ugly, nasty truth hurts. Hello there, sensitive. Introducing the all-new 2021 Greenway Blue Dog Tracker. Are you one of those rare hunting and fishing types who also votes Democrat? We'll have to have a conversation about your choice in recreation. But we do have the perfect environmentally friendly off-road utility vehicle for you. Well, sort of. While other off-road manufacturers are in an all-out race for more horsepower and ways to destroy our planet, the Greenway Blue Dog can now help you to save the planet. The Blue Dog looks like a normal ute, but it is powered by 39 rechargeable golf cart batteries, which propel this 3800 UTV to incredible speeds of up to 17 miles per hour, with a range of 4.2 miles. Need to go further? The Blue Dog also has Flintstone Gray removable floor panels, so you and your friends can foot power your way back to your destination. All of this can be yours for only $26,999, plus tax, title, and license, of course. And for an additional $10K, you can add solar roof panels and an optional tissue box holder so you can all cry all day long about all the dead rabbits, squirrels, and deer carcasses you see in the great outdoors. Available colors are green and blue, of course. So order now. Supplies are limited. And you can only buy two. See all the great new Blue Dog models at an outdoor center near you. And do yourselves a favor. Wear camo or flannel or you might be mistaken for a snowflake. Gropey Joe Biden is expected to announce tomorrow a series of executive actions aimed at curbing gun violence, according to The Hill. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki 
appeared to indicate during a press conference today that Biden would address gun violence tomorrow, and she would not elaborate on specific measures that he would announce. Politico first reported that the new actions will focus on tightening restrictions around so-called ghost guns. You know, those guns that you can get the blueprints for on the internet and print out with your 3D printer. Democrat senators and advocacy groups have pushed Gropey Joe in the past few weeks to address that particular aspect through executive action. He's faced mounting pressure to act unilaterally and to address gun violence in the wake of the overhyped, overreported, exaggerated shootings in Atlanta and Boulder last month. Those two shootings, and not the hundreds of shootings by criminals who steal guns and go and drive by shootouts in Chicago, New Orleans, New York, Boston, Minneapolis, and other major cities. Oh, he doesn't care about those. Only the ones in which six Asian women got killed in four different massage parlors over a two-day period of time. Because those ignite headlines in the white people are evil movement. Those shootings reignited the gun debate last week, last month, but Biden dismayed advocates when he said during a press conference that he planned to prioritize infrastructure legislation before gun laws. It remains unclear whether there is a path for Congress to pass stricter gun laws or expand background checks but Gropey Joe has indicated that he is open to using an executive action or two to initiate change. Anti-gun violence advocates, including some who attended meetings with Biden officials, said in February, through executive order, Biden could eliminate ghost guns by defining what constitutes a gun. The term ghost gun, as I said, refers to guns available for purchase typically without a background check or a serial number that are not fully finished or may have a missing part and those that can be printed on a 3D printer. Through executive orders, Gropey Joe could also change or expand the definition of who is in the business of selling guns and prioritize funding for community violence prevention programs. Two gun violence prevention bills passed the House last month, but they didn't tackle the issue of ghost guns at all. What about the issue of kids pulling on door handles in the middle of the night or breaking into people's cars and stealing guns and then filing off the serial numbers and then going on drive-by shootings in the hood? How about addressing that? It is not the legal gun owners you should be worried about, Gropey Joe. It's those hundreds of thousands of thug criminal animals out there who you should be following. And that's the truth sometimes the truth hurts. They say no one likes to be associated with a loser. That's why so many fans of sports teams are really, really fans when those teams are winning, and they don't necessarily walk around in those teams' hats and jerseys or sport flags and banners of those teams when those teams don't have a winning season. According to a Gallup poll, the largest increase in Democrat Party affiliation in a decade is now going on. More Americans identify as Democrats than Republicans by a margin that has not been seen in a decade, according to a Gallup poll report. On average, 49% of adults 18 and older reported Democrat Party affiliation or said they're independent with Democrat leanings 
through the first quarter of 2021, according to the report. By comparison, 40% of adults identified as Republican or Republican-leaning. This 9% advantage is the largest since the fourth quarter of 2012. The remaining 11% of respondents were political independents with no partisan leanings, or so they claimed. Democrats have typically held a four to six point advantage over Republicans, and shortly before the first quarter of the year, the gap widened to 9%. The report also noted a 6% increase in independence from 38 in the fourth quarter of 2020 to 44 in the first quarter of 2021, and that's the highest percentage since 2013, when 46% of the survey respondents identified as independent. The rise correlates with the decline of Republican Party identification, just like in 2013, when the GOP saw a drop in the popularity during the government shutdown over the Affordable Care Act. Ass backwards, if you ask me. The poll's margin of sampling error was supposedly plus or minus two percentage points. Trump ended his presidency supposedly with less than 30% job approval rating, the lowest ever while in office. And Biden's not too, too far ahead of that number as of right now. I am listed as an independent, though I do lean far conservative, not right-wing radical conservative, but farther right than many of the leftists currently in power. It is what it is, my friends. Hey, that's going to wrap up this afternoon's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. I'm going to get a needle put in my arm. Johnson and Johnson, here I come. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.